Bible. I wonder how many of us read the Bible this morning. We don't read our Bibles. And because we don't read our Bibles, we don't know what God has for us. And because we don't know what God has for us, we don't know who we are in him. And because we don't know who we are in him, we don't value him. And because we don't value him, we are not excited about him. Do you realize that at camp, you say, you the same people at camp, you were all full of excitement. Why? Yes, many of you didn't read your Bibles at all. But we built expectation. And when we came here, we kept talking about the Bible, we kept talking about the Bible. And the more you got to understand the Bible, the more you started getting excited about God. Some of you are so excited about Manchester United. When Ronaldo came on the scene, they, they felt that their, their hero had come. And the first few matches were great. You were rejoicing. Display of Ronaldo on show. And then when finally you lost, the anti-Manchester United people also rose up. You are excited about football, but you're not excited about the word of God. You watch football every day. You don't miss any match. But hardly do you read your Bible. You're going to have a culture of reading the Bible every day. I wish Auntie Judy had shared with us her culture of reading Whenever you're talking, she tells me about how she reads the Bible. I look at myself and say, ah, I don't read Bible. Grammar. She doesn't read chapters. She reads books. You know she's a lawyer. Me, I'm an engineer. Lawyers, they can read. They'll read. Uh, I mean, when I read that small, I get tired. Have you, have you noticed when Auntie Trudy is preaching to us from the book of Genesis, you wonder whether you have ever read Genesis before. Because she reads books and reads books and reads books, compare one section to another section until she gets a whole counsel of God. You cannot be an excited Christian if you're not engaged with the Bible. And I want us to be excited teenagers. God willing, next week or next two weeks, or at least the first three weeks or so, we'll be talking about the baptism of power. And during the last three days, God has been talking to me also about the baptism of joy. The baptism of power and the baptism of joy. You have to be excited about the things of God. You have to be an excited Christian. If you're not an excited Christian, there's something wrong with you. There is. I told you this one, I'm not really come to preach. I don't know whether I'll preach or not. It's a long time we, we learned a song in this place. So this morning I'm going to teach us a song. And we are going to take this song as a personal declaration. And I pray that it will be your declaration. Uncle Moses, can you please project it for me? I'm walking arm in arm with Jesus. I'm trusting him to lead the way. I know that if I always cling to him, he will never let me go astray. And so I'm walking with Jesus. I'm walking with him every day. All along the way. Oh yes, I'm walking with Jesus. Walking with Jesus. Every day. That is Jesus' instruction to us. He says, come, follow me. Where am I going? I don't know. Where are you going? I don't know. But follow me. And that is faith. That is trusting in Jesus. He will lead you by his voice. He will lead you by his word. Where he's taking you, you don't know, but you have faith that the place that he's taking you to is good. 
you know that if you meet obstacles along the way, you'll be there, you'll help you to overcome those obstacles. If you meet times of joy, you'll continue to rejoice in him because we are walking with Jesus. Please, come and help me. You also don't know the song. We are all going to learn. The instrumentalists also learned it only yesterday, but we are all going to learn. Please, all the instrumentalists, come. We are all going to learn together and slowly we'll pick it up. I have a habit of picking a bad key, so give me the key. I'm walking, I'm in, I'm with Jesus. I'm trusting him to lead the way. Go. No, no, we are learning. No, I'm not saying we are learning. I'm walking, I'm in, I'm with Jesus. I'm trusting him to lead the way. I'm walking, I'm in, I'm with Jesus. I'm trusting him to lead the way. I'm walking, I'm in, I'm with Jesus. I'm trusting him to lead the way. Everybody join us. I'm walking arm in arm with Jesus. I'm trusting him to lead the way again. I'm walking arm in arm with Jesus. I'm trusting him to lead the way. Not only the congregation, ready, go. I know that if I always cling to him, he'll never let me go astray. I know that if I always cling to him, he'll never let me go astray. I know that if I always cling to him, He'll never let me go astray. I know that if I always cling to him, he'll never let me go astray. I know that if I always cling to him, he'll never let me go astray. The congregation alone. Again, from the beginning to the end, I'm walking arm in arm with Jesus. I'm trusting Him to lead the way. I know that if I always cling to Him. He'll never let me go astray. From the beginning again. I'm walking arm in arm with Jesus. I'm trusting him to lead the way. I know that if I always cling to him, he'll never let me go astray. The congregation alone. I will try the chorus. Walking with Jesus, walking every day, all along the way. Walking with Jesus, walking every day, all along the way. Walking with Jesus. Walking every day, 
All along the way, let's go. Walking with Jesus, walking every day. All along the way, walking with Jesus, walking every day. All along the way, the congregation alone. All of us together Walking with Jesus Walking every day All along the way Oh yes, I'm walking with Jesus Walking every day with my Lord. The chorus. Walking with Jesus. Walking every day. All along the way. Oh yes, I'm walking with Jesus. Walking every day with my Lord. Again. Walking with Jesus, walking every day, all along the way. Oh yes, I'm walking with Jesus, walking every day with my Lord. The congregation alone. Valentine Chapel with a big okay. Come on, clap for yourselves. You want to take it from the beginning? We'll sing through and then we'll increase the tempo. I'm walking arm in arm with Jesus. I'm trusting him to lead the way. I know that if I always cling to him, He'll never let me go astray. Walking with Jesus, walking every day, all along the way. Oh, yes, I'm walking with Jesus, walking every day with my love. Shall we increase the temple? I'm walking, I'm in, I'm with Jesus. I'm trusting Him to lead the way. I know that if I always cling to Him, He'll never let me go astray. Walking with Jesus, walking every day, all along the way. Oh, yes, I'm walking with Jesus. Walking every day with my Lord. Oh, yes, I'm walking with Jesus. Walking every day, all along the way. Oh, yes, I'm walking with Jesus. Walking every day with my Lord. I'm walking, I'm in, I'm with Jesus. I'm trusting Him to lead that way. I know that if I always cling to him, he'll never let me go astray. Walking with Jesus, walking every day, all along the way. Oh yes, I'm walking with Jesus, walking every day with my Lord. You see, whenever you wake up in the morning, these are the kind of songs that you must sing. Jesus says that rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. So when you wake up in the morning, first thing that should come out of your mouth, thank you very much, take your seat. The first thing that should come out of your mouth, oh God, I thank you that my sin has been forgiven. I thank you that I'm your child. I thank you that my name is boldly written in the book of life. I thank you that your Holy Spirit is a mark upon my life, a seal upon me that I belong to you. 
I thank that you I thank you that you give me joy the rivers of living water flows from my belly even though I don't have food to eat even though I'm struggling in school even though I'm struggling in my business even though I'm going through difficult times Lord you give me your joy you give me your joy so I choose to rejoice today I choose to give you praise I choose to worship you I choose to live for you as I step out into the day, I'm walking arm in arm with you. I don't know what lies ahead of me, but I'm trusting you to lead the way. And I know you lead me to good pastures. I know you lead me to the good place. No matter what happens, I trust you. And so I'm walking with you. I am walking with you. Wherever you go, I will go. Whatever you say, I will say. Where you lead me, I will go. What do you ask me to do, I will do. It's the way you do things like this. Then you are excited. Lord, what else do you have for me today? Then you take your Bible and you begin to read. You cannot tell me that the Bible is boring. It is boring because your heart is not right. You remember what Auntie Trudy told us last week? Some of us. Our hearts are like the hardened wayside. When we are in church like this, you are happy. You are excited. As soon as you step out of the doors, the devil comes to take whatever joy, whatever excitement is there. Because you don't work on your heart. The Bible says, guard your heart. You don't guard your heart. As soon as you get out, social media, the latest trend, the latest foolish trends. And man, you, I follow foolish trends a lot, so I know what I'm talking about. Sometimes I, I want these bloggers, I say, ah, don't they have anything else to write about? It's all about sex, nudity, foolishness in relationships, foolishness in marriages, and all kinds of useless stuff. There are good stuff about education, how to develop the mind, how to develop your memory, how to study, but we don't go there. And those ones too are not trendy. Because people don't follow, people don't like so we don't get to know. You have to be deliberate in seeking such to help you to develop yourself. You hardly see trendy biblical quotes. And why is that so? Because we Christians are sleeping. All of us, what are the things that we posted on social media this week? What is Bible about it? After Auntie Trudy preached last week, I was expecting Teen Chapel to flash social media. But what did I see? What did we see? But if I ask you about the latest fashions, the latest bags, young as you are, you can lecture me. And sometimes I'll be shocked. Say, hey, so all this information is there. Some of the things that I learned, I learned from you guys. I don't have time for some of those things. I try to keep abreast, but the, the trend is moving too fast. And it's not easy to cope, especially for people who are as old as I am. There are so many other things on my mind. But you, you stay up late. And 50 minutes to pray in tongues, no. 50 minutes, 20 minutes to read your Bible, No. Two hours, three hours to watch your favorite movie every night. Yes. Why will you not be filled with these things? Your heart will be filled with these things. And out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. Are you listening to me? That is why I'm saying that we will force you to read the Bible. By the way, reading the Bible is elementary. It's, it's the day nursery of the Christian life. If you have been in Teen Chapel long enough, you know that reading the Bible is like just go on social media, just glance. Sometimes some of the things you don't read, but you just glance, you see the topic, you glance through the, then jump onto the next one. That's what reading the Bible is like. What is in God's way? Just glance through, glance through. Uh, it's like get, getting the big picture. 
And then that's when you get a big picture. One verse will jump out at you. And this past three days, one verse has jumped out of me and I'll talk about it next week. And that's where the baptism of joy came from. And as that word jumps up at you, or a phrase, a series of verses jump out at you, you now go and sit and hide somewhere and think about those verses. That's what you call meditation. Put it on your status. Read it again and again. Write it down. Write the vision down. That's why you need notebooks. Write it down. Share with your friends. Let them ask you questions. Explore it together. Ask other people what this means. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Think about it. When you get revelation, then when you obey and act on that word, it becomes a part of you. And that's how you get excited about the things of God. If you think I'm preaching, I'm not preaching. I'm staring you up onto higher things in life. And meditation is only another aspect of the Bible. We have the Bible steady. No, they don't go there. We don't do it. The Bible study is when you take a book, not a chapter, a book. Go and do research on the book. Find out who wrote the book. When was it written? Which people were the, were the book, was the book written to? Why was the book written? Where was it written? What are the people's condition like? What did God intend for the people to do with the people? And what happened with the people? What lessons can I learn? Are there some good lessons for me to learn? Are there some bad things for me to avoid? Is there any revelation there for me to see? Last week, Auntie Trudy talked about principles. Are there any principles, life principles that I can learn from there? She talked about testimonies. Are there testimonies that I will also desire that it will also become my testimony? And what you learn, you write. You summarize a chapter. What it means to you. The things that you have discovered. And after you have studied. Then you go and look for what other people have written about those books. You need to be careful here though. Because all kinds of people write all kinds of things. Find out what others have written about you. And find out people that you look up to. People like Dr. Otabo. People like Uncle Bishu. I've written much. People that you respect. People whose theology you respect. People whose character stand the test of the Bible. What do they have to say about this book? Look for books that have been written about those books of the Bible. You see that we haven't gotten there, bra. And another elementary one, the quiet time. Just taking, if you use a, 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 a guide, it takes a few verses, and then um, you, you read through those verses. If it, look, look, quiet time is another thing. Let's leave it for now. We'll take it in this series at a stage. But for some of us, all Bible we read is quiet time. We just read it out of the daily word. Start. When you finish, the prayer, one line prayer. You can read it in, in, in less than five seconds. You have prayed. You have had quiet time. You haven't had quiet time. You have just read WhatsApp. The reason why the scripture is broken down that way is to guide you to help you to do it in a systematic manner. Help you to focus on short scriptures in a systematic manner. And if you do your quiet time systematically using a guide over a period of time, you would have studied a book or you would have studied a theme or you would have been focused on a particular thing. And if you have been doing a lot of meditation and thinking through and praying with what you have discovered, you would have learned a lot of things about the book or about the theme that the writer of the devotional is leading you to. But that is elementary. But we start with the elementary. And that's what we teach you. And even that some of you don't do it consistently. 
If I dare ask, how many of us did our quiet time every day this week? Wahala. I know. We have less than 20 people. If you like dare me, we will have less than 20 people. You know, yesterday we were supposed to fast. Raise your hand if you fasted. Raise your hand if you fasted. This is what I'm talking about. We give you instructions, we don't do it. How can you benefit from the things? I, I, I can assure you without any shadow of doubt that most of us have forgotten 90% of what anti-traditional events last week. Who dare to prove me wrong? 90% of us have forgotten, uh, for most of us have forgotten 90% of our anti-traditional events last week. We circulated the recorded message on WhatsApp. How many of us listened to it once? Just once. How many of us? One facilitator, one person, a senior person. This is what I'm talking about. Another person over there. Less than 10. Even the facilitators, I dare say we did, many of us did it. Please, facilitators, prove me wrong. Because if you had attempted to listen, you would have noticed that there was a problem with the recording. And if you didn't complain, it means you didn't listen. Oh, church, the levels we are going to, uh, if you don't follow instructions one at a time, you'll be lost. And you will not enjoy the walk with Jesus. When people are excited about Jesus, you wonder what is wrong with them. I want you to be excited about Jesus. For your information, I'm just now getting to the first part of my notes, which I wanted to just read through. It's not preaching, but just some notes that I wanted to share with you. So, I will only give us one scripture for today. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. Please project it for me. First John 5 verse 14. Just write it down and then look, look at the screen. We'll read it together. Just make sure you write the scripture down. And it's our memory verse for this week. Next week, we will all recite it before we start the service. Shall we read it together? Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will... He hears us. Verse 15, out verse 15. And if you know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have asked of him. This is the confidence that we have. That whenever we ask him, according to his will, he hears. So, there's no guarantee that if you ask him outside of his will, he will hear. This is logic. And if we know that he hears, we know that we have what we have asked of him. So the issue, the challenge for all of us is how to know the will of God concerning any situation we are praying about. And that 
That is why you need to know what is in the Bible. Without Bible, all your prayer is you are just talking. Talking into the air. And by the way, there are different types of prayer. Some of us are getting spoiled and now some of us, it's only one type of prayer that we know. If you are praying and we don't shout, it's not prayer. And so when you are leading prayer and people are not shouting, you feel that we are not praying. Prayer is not shouting. Prayer is knowing the will of God. In fact, my definition of prayer, I'll see how many of you write it down. My definition of prayer is getting into the word of God. Getting a revelation of what God says. And you go back to God with this revelation. That to me is prayer. I'll ask you next week what Uncle Bijou's definition of prayer is. Getting into the word. That's why you must know the word. Getting into the word. Getting a revelation from God. And then going back to God and speaking to him his revelation. That is prayer. That is the only way you can walk with Jesus and you can trust him. And he will lead you. So I'll give you an elementary definition of prayer, which even some of you don't know very well. But there are dimensions of prayer. And if you are to walk with Jesus, you must understand these dimensions of prayer. If you don't read your Bible, you cannot understand these dimensions of prayer. And you'll be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Any teachings that flows, you follow. The first dimension of prayer is when we talk with God. Some people say it's when we talk to God. No, 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 no. It's not when we talk to God. When we talk with Him, you talk with Him. You are walking with Him. He's your friend. You talk with Him and He talks with you. And that's why the Bible is important. When the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to say, pray, He said, Pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven. How can you know God is your Father except by the word of God? And when you catch that revelation that God is your Father, He gave birth to you not by the will of man or woman, not by fleshly means, but by the will of the power. He gave you authority to become His child. And the spirit of God that lives in you speaks with your spirit. They, you, they are united and they cry out, Abba, Father. And that's why you can come to God and say, My Father who is in heaven. Without revelation, praying that the Lord's prayer, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be that. You are, right, you are reciting poems. It is not prayer. And then he goes to talk about different aspects of the prayer. Those of you who say you cannot pray, you don't know how to pray, just take time to read the scripture and you see how your prayer life will begin to change. What are you two people talking about? I'm coming to you. This is not the first, this is not the second, this is not the third. What at all are you talking about? And I wonder whether you even understand what I'm saying. I'll spare you from today. But don't do that. Okay? So the first dimension of prayer is when we talk with God. Interesting enough, the four dimensions that I'm going to talk about is only this one that we talk with. The second dimension of prayer is when we talk to the devil. We don't engage him in conversation. We talk to him, we give him instructions, we give him commands. Matthew chapter 1 verse 25. We rebuke him and we command him to come out. We command him to listen and to obey in the name of Jesus. That is the second dimension of prayer. But before you can be this confident and bold to address that, some of you are afraid of demons. 
I know. How many of us are afraid of demons? Come on, be, be bold. All right. This is, a, this is a new generation. Maybe sometime next year we need to go back to the subject of demonology and to understand demons, who demons are, the source of demons, and their position in our, in our lives and in the future. Jesus said, I give you power. And that's why next we are going to talk about the baptism of power. I give you power to tread over scorpions and serpents and every power of the evil one. Every power. And nothing shall by enemies hurt you. When you get revelation of this, you will not fear demons. Even if a thousand demons come at you alone, you can stand in the name of Jesus and command them. You rebuke them and ask them to leave. But if you don't know the scripture, even when two demons come, you are shaking. When we were young, we used to, we used to call some of these demons demonets. When the small, small demons that we call, used to call demonets, it's not, it's not biblical by the way. It's our own terminology we coin. When the demonets come and they trouble you small, no, they start shaking. But we have power in the name of Jesus to deal with them. In fact, we have power in the name of Jesus to deal with them even in the lives of other people. If you don't learn to appropriate this power, you, you will find it difficult to witness. Because some people, when you are witnessing to them, eh, the power that is controlling them, it is not themselves. They are demon spirits that are speaking to them, making suggestions to them. Some of them are even possessed by demon spirits. And so when you are telling them about the love of Jesus Christ, the demons are giving them counter thoughts and then they bombard you with those thoughts and then you get confused. When you stand behind and say, I rebuke that spirit. You don't even need to say it out. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. Now you, AC, listen to me. Then you go scripture. Then AC becomes so calm and you wonder what happened. It's the power of the name of Jesus Christ. So the second dimension of prayer is when we talk to, to devils, talk to demons. The third dimension of prayer getting more complicated but it's a dimension of prayer. This time, we don't talk to demons. We actually talk to things. Both living and non-living. We speak to trees. We speak to lands. We speak to elements of the nature. That is what Jesus did. That's what he taught us. Jesus said, if you have faith as little as a mountain, you speak to this mountain. And ask it to remove. That's another dimension of prayer. But until you get in the word and you are getting revelation in the word and you are understanding how these principles work, you cannot enter these dimensions of prayer. The fourth dimension of prayer is even more complicated. But again, it's from the Bible. Why this time you speak to circumstances and you speak to conditions, you speak to situations. You address poverty. You address lack of advancement. You address lack of academic progress. You address issues. You speak to situations. You speak to economic situations. You speak to life issues. takes this and it's not things that you're not a magician you don't just go about speaking to all kinds of things it takes the holy spirit moving and it takes a revelation in the word of god remember from the very beginning jesus when the bible says that the spirit of god was moving over the earth and then he spoke the word that's how the world was created when sometimes when the spirit of God, you see, that's why sometimes we make some declarations that we don't understand. Sometimes you get into a certain mode of prayer, and when the person leading is sensitive enough and ask you to make certain statements, make it with all the faith, you, don't, you may not understand it. Because this dimension of prayer is difficult to get into. It often happens more with corporate prayer, because normally corporate prayer. I don't know why, but sometimes the Spirit of God moves in some strange ways in corporate prayer. 
it can happen in individual prayers as well, but you need a certain level of uh, an intercessor to get into some of these dimensions of prayer. But there is that dimension of prayer as well. I want to do a little exercise, then I close. Okay. And I don't want anybody to turn and look back. Everybody look on the stage. All right. You see our banner? Or, okay, this one is a little low. But you see the youth week, uh, youth camp banner. What is written at the top? After Calvary Temple Omega Generation. Okay, so there's a word, fruitfulness there. Okay. Without nobody should look back, okay. So, what do you see? Read that word out for us. Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. read that word for us. Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. So, the word on the banner is fruitfulness. It's a simple word. Okay? It's a word in life. Anybody can use it. Do you know the voices of those who spoke? Do you know the voices of those who spoke? You don't. Let me go to Anasha. My friend, are you sick or are you sleeping up? Or both? Vidan, you don't sleep here. Hey. Peace. Do you know their voices? Shame on you, you don't know your voices. Uh, okay, that's another topic to be discussed at another time. Who knows the voices of those who spoke? Who was the first person who spoke? the place is sitting, you cannot see. So, this is a word. Fruitfulness is a word. They were spoken by two different people. This word was said by two different people. And if you know the voice of the people who spoke, when they speak this word, you will know that it is them. This shows us that we have not been interacting with our facilitators, and our facilitators are not been interacting with you. True or false? It, it's me. I'll be very disappointed. If I preach to you regularly, I cannot identify my voice. So, there is this word fruitfulness spoken by two different people. Because of their voice, you can know who spoke the word. It's a simple word. One was spoken by Uncle Nicholas. The second time it was spoken by Auntie Jifa. But when Dr. Otabo declared, and I know that all of us know the voice of Dr. Otabo. If you close your eyes, you can identify his voice. When Dr. Otabo declared that this year shall be a year of fruitfulness, it was the voice of Dr. Otabo that spoke. 
and the understanding and the revelation and the excitement that we get from Dr. Otabo speaking that word is so different from Uncle Nicholas speaking the word fruitfulness or Auntie Jifa saying fruitfulness. Same word, different voices, different impact. The word of God is the same. But when you get revelation from the word of God and you speak the word of God the impact or the influence that it generates is different. And the difference comes from the way that you have walked with that word Jesus Christ himself. How much you have immersed yourself in understanding and getting a revelation of the word. When you speak it, it has a different impact on people. And that is just a word. We are talking about voices. When we talk about the language of God, it's made up of words, phrases, sentences, paragraphs, books. When we talk about the voice of God or the rima of God, that comes by association and interaction. It also comes by revelation. There are times that you see, you can be walking with God like we are all in church this morning. I'm saying some things and some of you are not even hearing what I'm saying. Let me show you from scripture. When Mary and the others went to the tomb of, of Jesus Christ to go and embalm him, the Bible says that Jesus stood there and was talking to them and they didn't recognize his voice until Jesus called out Mary. And then she turned and said, Rabona. You can hear God's voice without recognizing that it's the voice of God. Another time, after the resurrection of Jesus, he was walking along the road with two men and they were talking about Jesus and then they say all kinds of things. They said, Jesus, what are you people talking about? Said, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Are you not aware of all these things that are happening around? And then, he's, then Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus now took the scriptures and opened it up and began to expound the scriptures to them, explain the scriptures to them, that the son of man must suffer many things and die. As they said later on, when Jesus was talking, they were pricking their heart, but still they couldn't identify the voice of Jesus. Then when they got home and Jesus pretended to be walking by, he said, no, don't go, come and let's eat. So Jesus entered the house. And when food was said before then, the Bible says that he break the bread, he gave thanks and blessed the bread, and then they recognized him. There are times you can walk with God for so long and you will not know that it is God that is walking with you. You hear the word of God, when the God word of God is responded, it breaks your heart, it brings conviction. You know that this is the word of God. But still, sometimes your eyes are closed to see certain things. Sometimes God closes them for a reason. But when your eyes are open and you see and recognize, everything about you will change. You become an excited Christian. If you are not a Christian, you bow down and give your life to Jesus. If you are a Christian, you realize that it is worth living for this king. Last week I shared with you a story about um, um, a story about Prophet Anor and uh, that uh, Arab guy in, when he was going, to, he was traveling abroad. When I was a young Christian, there was a time that those of you who are familiar with KNUS, not too many of you are familiar, but we used to meet then in the foyer of the great hall 
and uh, we met on Fridays and Saturdays. And normally Fridays and Saturdays are also times that the worldly people also have their entertainment. So we're having a meeting, a prayer meeting, and then the worldly people were having a film show. So you have to pass through the prayer meeting and go into the uh, great hall to watch the film. And then there was one guy there who was at the gate collecting tickets. As he was seated there collecting his tickets, he was watching us doing the service. And we kept praying, worshipping God, doing all kinds of things. And then at a a certain stage, nobody knew what happened to him. He left the gate and started walking slowly into the prayer meeting. By the time the prayer meeting was over, he was worshipping with us. There's something about the language of God that brings his presence. You don't need to speak. Yesterday, those of you who were here, many of you were not here yesterday. We were less than 30. You didn't fast one, we live in Ramadan, that was prayer meeting. Uncle Kerobin, hey, Uncle Kerobin. <laughs> Uncle Kerobin was leading us on what Auntie Trudy taught us about the environment. Look, don't miss the environment of God. There are some things that God does in a corporate environment when He has called His people together. That wraps off you. How it happens, you don't know. When we talk about languages, I think this is my last point. Then, the, if you can pray a little, we'll pray a little. But there's something about um, languages. I wish I had a linguistic guy to expound on this for me. But that's what we refer to as the, the common language. It's the common day-to-day language that everybody speaks. You know, remember last week, Auntie Trudy was saying that we should speak the, the heavy other languages. And some of us, even the heavy one, we don't, we don't know. The common one, we don't know properly. How can we even go to the heavy one? But you can know how to speak tree. But I can tell you, some tree person will stand here and speak tree, you will not understand anything. But if he says the common tree that everybody knows, you get it very easily. That is the common language. And then there's the adulterated language. In English language, for example, you have pidgin English. Now we have uh, uh, how do they call those things? Crapo. Um, you have you have our own language for texting and stuff like that. It's, it's a whole different genera- generation of language. You no. Know? But it is an adulteration of the original language. When I started working, I was surprised to hear that there was something called business language. I remember there was one time I had a, I had a friend. I made a friend in Nigeria. And it was, those days it was telexes. I was sending a telex to him. And then, uh, those days, when you write a telex, your boss has to approve you before it goes. In my ignorance... I just was writing to you. I see what I was writing to a friend. Say, hi. So, and I said, oh, how are you? How is the family? And then, before I came to the, what I had to say, I was like, hey, you don't write business language like that. He's your friend, but you don't bring friend into business. There's business language. There's a way you write. There's a way you talk. There's a way you present your points. And then there's a the legal language. Last week, Auntie Trudy was, sometimes she referred to some legal language and some of us were getting lost. Now, for example, when she was talking about the, the, the law of God, we have the law, we have the precepts, we have the statutes, we have the testimonies, we have the precepts, we have the principles. They are not the same. Old. Yesterday, I was doing some research on this and I said, hey, sir, I mean, I've heard they use these things, but I had a different understanding. But there are different aspects of language. The more you walk with God, the more you grow in understanding his language. So that even when he speaks in a coded language, you can understand. It is not every language that everybody can understand. This thing called the language of God, eh? it's deep. But we have to start from somewhere and grow in it. 
this thing we've been talking about, whatever we are doing, do some. Please, I want to encourage you. I mean, I don't know how to. This one, I can't force you because you see, when I force you, you don't get the benefit of certain things. We can only encourage you. I remember in this church years ago, there was one time. Was it prayer I was leading? Or I can't remember what I was conducting the service, something like that. And then there was a lady, she's now in the choir, one of the soloists in the choir, in choir one. You said they should shout unto the Lord. Shout, you have shouted, ah, you are teenagers, you shout every day, don't we? Shout unto the Lord. Some people are shouting, some are not shouting. Like, like it always happens. And this lady said she screamed. We already know. But the following Sunday, she came to share a testimony. It's a long time, so I haven't forgotten the details of the testimony. But she said she had a certain back pain for several years from her childhood. And when we said we should scream, and she screamed and she jumped, she just realized that all the pain was gone. We're not praying for healing. It wasn't even time of, it wasn't time of worship. I was conducting the service like the way Uncle Nicholas came to conduct the service this morning. That's like shout out to the Lord. This thing called language of God. There are levels. And I pray that we'll grow in it. Another thing about languages is that, you see, if you have learned a language before, you realize that the common thing, and it's very common with Ghanaians and Nigerians especially, even other countries too, when you learn one language and you are trying to learn a second language, sometimes you think, uh, those of you who speak tree, uh, when I, say, I come to speak tree, then my, all my tree vanishes. Uh, okay, let me use this one. What does it mean? It's very cold. Somebody who is thinking in tree eh, will say that God is inside. Pa. That is how you think in the first language, in the second language. Those of us who have done a little French, we do that a lot when we are studying French. We try to compose the sentence in English and then translate it word by word into French. Sometimes you get a different meaning. The language of God must be spoken, thinking in God's language. That is why we need the word. Get into the word. Interpret and translate this word to the Holy Spirit. Engage the word. Ask questions. Research, find out, get God's coded message. Sometimes God's messages are coded, but the more time you spend with Him, the more you know. And one of the ways that He has helped us, and we are not helping ourselves, is to pray in tongues. For the next two weeks, we talk more about praying in tongues. So I don't know whether I preached or I exhorted you or I don't know what I did, but I hope you picked up something. And I hope that next week we all come with our Bibles and our pens and our notebooks. But definitely everybody start reading the Bible from somewhere. One of the things that I had wanted to do today at the end of this service is that we'll spend the last 15 minutes to read through the book of Colossians. It's only four chapters but it's approaching 9 o'clock, even though the adult church hasn't closed. It's approaching 9 o'clock, so we will not do that. But when you go home today, not tomorrow, before the end of today, read through the book of Colossians. I'll ask you next week. Read it today, not tomorrow. It just takes about 15 minutes, 20 minutes maximum. And today is Sunday. When you finish eating your food or your fried rice, whatever you are going to eat, or if your your house you are fasting, doesn't matter. You take the Colossians as food for this afternoon, okay? And read through the book of Colossians. If you are challenged to read it more than once, please do. And whatever you learn, write it down, okay? I want us to spend a short time in prayer.
casa da Pano Filho. I just told you that prayer is not necessarily shouting. Prayer is an act of faith. We speak from our heart. And this morning, I want us to simply make simple declarations. God, I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you every day of my life. Walking arm in arm with Jesus. I'm trusting Him to lead the way. I know that if I always cling to Him, He'll never let me go astray. together what you lead me to do. It's my choice. I'll be excited about you. I'll put my faith in you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, that is my choice. 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 Nere bekenduros do zezevrejti. Raike mori asai da vasanda. Kabani ando zeveleza za. Lema roska paya ha. 
Shall we sing this song prayerfully? The one I love is ever before me. It's a declaration and a prayer this morning. Basket round for our Cornelius offering. Ushers. You can lift up your hands in prayer. 